0: Our gospel reading today is preceded by an interaction, a question, and an answer between Peter and Jesus. In this exchange between the two of them, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, hey Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive somebody who sins against me? How many times do I have to sin somebody who sins against me? And Peter, you know, he asks the question and then he goes on to even give his his best guess. He says, how about seven? Jesus, how does seven times sound? Is is it okay if seven times I forgive them, then maybe on the eighth time, that's when we say you're on your own? And Peter probably felt pretty good about this, this option. He probably felt pretty generous about this. The Jewish custom at the time was three. So Peter here is generously doubling that and then throwing one more word of forgiveness in there for good measure. And to this, Jesus responds, and he gives an interesting answer. He says to you, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And what Jesus is saying here really is there's no limit. There's no limit. There's no amount of times in which you can say, hey, I forgave you, and that last one was your last time, and now you're on your own. He says forgiveness is supposed to be unlimited. Now, Jesus knows that when he gives this answer to the disciples, he can't just leave it at that. He's got to give them a little bit more to go off of. He has to tell them a story to help them understand the message that he is giving to them. And so Jesus goes on to tell a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, in order to help them understand how they are supposed to be forgiving each other. This morning we are going to walk through that parable together, but before we get into that story, I wanted to ask, by a show of hands, do we have any Star Wars fans with us today? Any Star Wars fans? Okay. I see some people, some people, some of you shot your hand up like, I am proud of it. Some of you were a little bit slow there. You were like, oh, I don't know if I want these people knowing this. Star Wars is an interesting thing. I have, um, I've seen all of the Star Wars movies. I've seen all of the major movies. I've, I've seen some of the spin-offs, I've even watched... Um, many of the the TV shows that have come out recently. Um, the, the thing about me watching Star Wars is that I watched it all in early 2020, when I'm fairly sure I had COVID before testing for COVID was a thing, so I slept through about half of all of Star Wars. So I definitely need to watch it again. Uh, I'm not a hater, but I'm not, not super into it. The interesting thing about Star Wars is if you're like me, and you decide, you know, way after the fact that they've been released, if you decide, hey, I want to go back and I want to I watch all of these movies, then you have to ask a question. The question is, what order am I going to watch these movies in? Because let's, let's see if you guys know the, your, your Star Wars trivia here. What was the first Star Wars movie released? What number was it? Show me with your hands. It was four, right? An odd thing to do. Star Wars started with Star Wars episode four for some reason. They call each movie an episode, and so they released four and then five and then six, and then a little bit later they went back and they released one, two, and three, and then uh, even more recently they've released movies seven and eight. So why did George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, why did he release these movies out of order? Why would he do this? More than anything, I think it's just a storytelling technique. If you drop your audience into the middle of a story, they have to ask a lot of questions. Because you know less, you are forced to ask more. Today, we are going to pull a Star Wars of our own. We're going to jump into the middle of our text, the middle of our story, and we're going to have to ask a lot of questions. We're going to have to ask, who are these people? How do these people know each other? Why is this person acting this way to this other person? Because we are jumping into the middle, we know less. Because we know less, we will have to ask more. Now, if I lost you at Star Wars, because you're like, I have never seen a single minute of Star Wars, stay with me. I promise, if you know that the movies go out of order, you know as much about Star Wars as you need to know for the remainder of our sermon today. So today, we begin our our reading with verse 28. We're going to call this, just for fun, we're going to call this episode 2 of The Unforgiving Servant. We're going to jump in right at the middle with verse 28. It says, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him. Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. So already we've got a number of questions that we have to ask. The first one is, okay, we know we're dealing with with two servants and one of the servants owes another servant a debt. He owes him some money. So then the question becomes, well, how much money? Is Is this a small amount of money? Is this a big amount of money? He was willing to, you know, grab him by the neck and start choking him, so it seems like it's probably a large amount of money. The text tells us that it was 100 denarii. In New Testament times, 100 denarii was equal to about 20 weeks of common wages. 20 weeks of common wages. So you have to assume it's a large amount of, of money. If we were to, um, to think about that in terms of today, let's say somebody works at McDonald's. They, they work at McDonald's for $15 an hour. Okay, $15 an hour, 40 hours a week for 20 weeks. Today, that would be about $12,000. So this servant owes a pretty big amount of money. It's not like the kind of amount that hopefully anybody is just walking around with. So you can understand why the servant who lent that money out would be upset. If somebody owed me $12,000 and it was time that I needed it back, I would be a little bit annoyed, a little bit bothered if that person didn't have that money to give back to me. So in anger over this owed debt, the servant who lent the money, he strangles the other one. He says, pay me what you owe. And the, the servant who received the money, he falls to the ground and he says, be patient with me. Be patient with me and I will pay you everything that I owe back to you. Now, we're going to keep those words uh, fresh in our mind because that's a little bit of foreshadowing of, of something that's going to come up again in the future. Now, if, if this were a movie uh, like Star Wars or any other trilogy, this might be where that first movie ends with this, this big fight scene between two servants. One owes the other money but can't pay, and so that servant who lent the money has the other one thrown into jail and movie. So now we continue on with... The next movie, The Unforgiving Servant, we're going to call this episode three. Episode three takes off right where we just left off. So we're going to continue reading with verses 31 to 34. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So the story that we get in the, in the first scene, it turns out that there's a lot more happening. There, there's more happening. There's more to the story. This is not just something that happens between two servants. As it turns out, there's a whole group of servants nearby who hear this exchange between the two. And as the one servant has the other thrown into jail, the other servants who are around, they're not okay with that because they know something. And the thing that they know is that they know that that same servant who just threw another in jail has also been in debt to somebody else. Not in debt to another servant, but in debt to the master. And so the servants who witness this whole thing, they go back to the master and they tell the master what they saw and they tell the master what they heard. And understandably, the master is not happy. He's upset. He is angry. He is furious. And so he calls that servant in, and he says, you know, you owed me. You owed me a lot. And you pleaded with me. You fell on your knees, and you pleaded with me, and I looked down on you with pity, and I forgave you your debt. And the thing that I wanted was for you to receive that forgiveness, and then give that forgiveness to others as I had given it to you. And because you haven't done that, he takes the, the, the servant and he has him thrown into jail as well. So now there's, there's one uh, big question, at least in my mind, that, that this part of the story hasn't answered. How big was this debt that the servant owed to the master? Well, we learned that in episode one of The Unforgiving Servant. We learned that in the, the origin story. So we're going to read, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of the story. With verse 23, we're going to hear this part of the story where all of our questions are are answered. So verse 23 says this, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and for payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. So now the story's becoming clear. It's all kind of coming full circle. We're starting to have some questions answered. It all begins with the king deciding, today's the day where I'm going to settle all of my debts. I'm going to call the people in who owe me a debt, and I'm going to tell them, today's the day that you need to pay that debt Back to me, and he calls in this person that we're calling the unforgiving servant, and he says, "You owe me ten thousand talents, and I want it back." Ten thousand talents. How much is ten thousand talents? Well, let me tell you. A talent in New Testament times was was equivalent of one year's wage. One year's wage, and here this unforgiving servant owes ten thousand talents. He owes 10,000 years worth of wages to the master. If you, if you do the math on this, it comes out to something like $6 billion. That's, that's billion with a, with a B, like in all the zeros that you could possibly imagine. He owes all of this money. And so the master calls him in and says, this is what you owe to me. And he says, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Where have we heard these words before? These are the exact same words that the other servant says to him at his feet. And so he drops down to the feet of the master. He says, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything that I owe to you. And the master looks down on him with pity. And he gives him forgiveness. And he sets him on his way. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And in this parable, Jesus is the master and we are his servants. His forgiveness, he gives us his forgiveness and hopes that we can give that that same forgiveness to each other. And not only does Jesus give forgiveness, but he's willing to forgive for as many times as we are willing to confess. Further, he is willing to forgive the debts that even we know that we could never pay. The debts that we know are unpayable are the debts that Jesus is willing to forgive. This text reminds me of something we learn about as, as kids. When you're a little kid, and I don't know, second grade or, or third grade, you begin to learn about different bodies of water. And it all begins by learning about the, the biggest one, right? You learn about the oceans, the, the enormous bodies of water where all of the other water is eventually supposed to make its way to. You also learn about bodies of water such as lakes and ponds. These are the bodies of water where, where the water is, for the most part, stagnant. Once the water is there, it pretty much stays there, never goes anywhere else. We also learn about bodies of water like streams or even larger rivers in which the water is always running downhill to the place where it needs to go. Jesus and his forgiveness, it's meant to be like a river. It's not supposed to pool inside of us and to be kept inside of us. It is meant to come into us and then flow through us and to move downhill to the place where it needs to go. Rivers are amazing too because we think of rivers as uh, like scenic, picturesque, peaceful things, right? Rivers are strong. Rivers are powerful. Rivers will go where they need to go. They will create new paths in the earth that maybe we would think would not be, ma- be, be possible. And that's how strong rivers are. So don't keep Jesus' forgiveness for yourself. Don't turn Jesus' forgiveness into a pond. Let it be a river. Let it flow through you where it needs to go next. Let it forge new pathways that maybe you didn't think were even possible. Here's where I think that this all gets real. You know that thing that you you carry around with you each day, that that thing that you don't like to think about, that thing that you you don't like to talk about. Maybe you don't like to think about it, you don't like to talk about it, because it's a really painful thing. And when you do think about it, you're just filled with questions like, how could that person say that thing to me? How could that person do that horrible thing to me? For each of us, you, you know what, what that thing is. If you've got that thing in your mind, today's text tells us it is time to forgive that person. It is time to let that forgiveness that you have received flow on into that next person. Today is the day to forgive that person for whatever that thing was. And here's why. You know that other thing that you carry around with you each day? that thing that, that maybe it, it keeps you up at night, that thing that fills you with regret, that thing that maybe makes you grind your teeth in your sleep or you find yourself white knuckling in the middle of the day when you're, when you're thinking about it. You know that thing that you think, I can't believe, I, I don't know what came over me when I said this thing to that person. I don't know what came over me when I was so willing to do this thing to that person. You know that thing that you feel like you could never ever be forgiven for? Jesus will forgive you for it. Jesus offers you his forgiveness. Jesus is ready to forgive all of it, the small stuff, the big stuff, the frequent stuff, all of it. His forgiveness is for you, and his forgiveness is unlimited. His forgiveness for you is limitless. And now in response to this great kindness, and in response to this limitless love and forgiveness, With changed hearts, we turn to our God in prayer. So I invite you to pray with me. Father in heaven, your mercy knows no limits. In loving kindness, you sent your son Jesus to pay the price and debt of our sin. We pray that our hearts would be changed and that we would be willing and eager to love and forgive others the same way that you have loved us, the same way that you have forgiven us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.